2: Got uh, two returning guests tonight. Uh, Ray Pollock will be up first. He has published the Pollock Report since June of 2008, so they are celebrating their eighth anniversary this month. Of course, uh, Ray, uh, very experienced in the game. He was the uh, vice president and editorial director and editor in chief of the Blood Horse. He was the Racing Times Midwest editor. Uh, he started way back as a copy editor in Chicago for the Field Newspaper Syndicate, and he was actually Jimmy the Greek's ghost writer. Uh, He's won uh, numerous awards, and the Pollock Report's kind of put a new uh, look out there for the very popular website, so we're going to be talking to Ray about his 8th anniversary. Uh, And we're going to go to a handicapper I go to every year this time, and it is Ohio Derby Day on Saturday. The purse is up to a half a million dollars. I know that they really want to get this race graded. They kind of let it go for a few years, and now that uh, they're under new management, they're pushing back to get it graded, and they actually have some pretty solid horses in here. Uh, Three of them are out of the Peter Pan, Johnny V. even making a visit up to North Randall, Ohio. Uh, We may get a look at another Ohio-bred steak uh, on the card that drew... Two-time Horse of the Year, need more flattery. And uh, hopefully we'll get a chance to go out to Santa Anita. Fastest horses on the West Coast will compete in the Triple Bend. as a seven-furlong affair. And uh, then, of course, the big gold cup at Santa Anita, the 77th running a mile and a quarter. Before we uh, get to our guests, let's take a look at some national news and wagering information. Hope you pulled down winningponies.com easy win forms last week because we had some good ones from coast to coast. And it doesn't matter how big or small the track is. At Pleasanton, back on the 17th, we had a 20-cent super high five that returned over $4,300. Then Finger Lakes, in the middle of upstate New York, a $1 super key that paid $4,139. let us hope that Finger Lakes is still around next year. Uh, you'll probably read in some of the trades, they've got some big problems with a new casino opening up nearby. And uh, hopefully they can work things out where the casino will give them some kind of supplement to keep racing going there in central New York. Down south at Evangeline, a 50-cent Super 5. Also on the 17th, that was a good day, $3,257. And also in Louisiana Downs on the 17th, Easy Win Forms brought you home a 50-cent pick four of $2,633. So come on over to Winning Ponies. It's not that expensive but the returns are unbelievable. Well, you'll hear in the race results from that big evening they had down at Churchill Downs about the fleur de Lis, and it has been announced that champion Untappable has been retired. She's officially retired, according to owner Ron Winchell. As you know, she is uh, currently the number one earner for Tappet. it would um, be interesting to see who they breed her to next season. She's a Bred by the Winchells, uh, she's out of Fun House, a granddaughter of the family's foundation mayor, Carol's Christmas, and she closed out her four-year-old season with a nine-five and two record from twenty starts for Asmussen with three million nine hundred twenty-six six thirty-five in earnings. Of course, uh, she is the uh, offspring of, of Tappet. And uh, it looks like she's also got some family that's still around. But uh, if you go back, you really, she was some kind of a filly. Her standout year was 2014. When she was a three-year-old, she captured six of seven outings, including four grade one events, the Breeders' Cup Distaff, the Kentucky Oaks, the Cotillion, and the Mother Goose, as well as grade two, Fairground Oaks, and the grade three, Rachel Alexandra. That season alone she bankrolled 2.8 million dollars. She won eight stakes overall. Uh, she's a half sister to Grade One winner Patio Prado, but there's other untappables out there for the Winchells. She's got a two year old full sister named Untapped. There's a yearling full sister on the farm, and a full brother who was foaled on April 26th. <laughs> out on the west coast, it was summertime. That's right. The Summertime Stakes, and none other than the unbelievable, talented Songbird. For once, there was actually a horse in front of her during her undefeated career, Uh, but uh, it just once again uh, looked like a public workout. Uh, The horse was elementary who broke to the outside, but uh, it didn't last long. Into the first turn, uh, Songbird just uh, ate her up, and Mike Smith has yet, to ask this Philly for a top effort, it, it's going to be scary when he finally sits down on her. Basically, he just kind of bends his knees a little bit, doesn't shake the reins, doesn't do anything, and she's just got that amazing cruising speed and uh, has, has yet to been beat. Uh, as you may recall, that she was supposed to go in the Kentucky Oaks, but she had a low-grade fever and uh, that knocked her out of consideration. And uh, they they did the right thing. They uh, said that, uh, you know, we're just going to take back. She's got a huge career ahead of her. No reason uh, to push the button now. And I do believe that uh, Hollendorfer said on his uh, 70th birthday that he's very comfortable with uh, just picking off the Phillies right now may look at the the boys and obviously older mayors uh, next year. So the word is from Jerry Hollendorfer that, She's going to be heading east for her summer campaign. So she'll be uh, leaving the the, uh, confines of of California. And it looks like she's going to be pointing towards the July 24th Coaching Club American Oaks uh, and the Alabama, both of them at Saratoga. Also for consideration is the Cotillion Stakes, a grade one at Parks, and then coming on back for the Breeders' Cup. So Songbird takes flight every time. The gates open. She's something else. As you remember, this is a horse grabbing headlines earlier in the year. Mo Heyman is back on the work tab, and it looks like uh, they may be targeting the Jim Dandy or the Haskell. So he had a three furlong breeze at what's called the Green Tree Training Facility adjacent to Saratoga. This is a tappet colt trained by Kieran McLaughlin. Was caught in thirty six and two over the all-weather surface. So uh, chances are now he's going to move over to the uh, main track for his next work. Uh, The main track at Saratoga opens on July 1st, right around the corner, and uh, they start racing at Saratoga on July 22nd. So uh, Karen McLaughlin said that he's probably looking at the $600,000 Jim Dandy at Saratoga or the million-dollar Haskell Invitational at Monmouth for Mohamed's comeback race. It will be very interesting to see how he does. As you know, he was a huge standout and considered one of the derby favorites until he ran into a horse by the name of Nyquist. Speaking of whom, if you want to see him, if you're out on the west coast, you can see him on Saturday. He's going to work five furlongs prior to this Saturday's First race, according to Doug O'Neill. So pretty cool on Gold Cup Day that uh, you'll be uh, getting to see him work. He's scheduled to go out on Santa Anita's main track approximately 12.45. First post is 1.30, so my guess is if you're not in California but near a simulcast facility, you'll probably have a chance to uh, catch Nyquist uh, work. Uh, Right now he's garnered $5,119,000. Thousand dollars, and I believe Mario Gutierrez, his regular rider, will be aboard for the ride workout at Santa Anita. How about Jersey Joe, man? Busy weekend for Joe Bravo. He won three stakes at three different tracks, and he's being honored as the Jockeys Guild Jockey of the Week. Got the ball rolling on Saturday. One mount on the card at Parks, and he captured the feature sixth race, the hundred thousand dollar. Donald Levine Memorial. He then hopped on a plane, went to Louisville. It was upset time at 9-1 in the Stephen Foster aboard Braidster. And then on Sunday, back at his home base at Monmouth Park, Jersey Joe guided Donnie Gallmoo, a first-graded stakes winner for that horse, three grade three, $100,000 Bet Fair Pegasus. So for the week, Bravo won four times from his nine mounts with one second and led all North American riders with four hundred seventy-four thousand in earnings. Some other jockey news: uh, Patrick Husbands, who rides north of the border, rode his three thousandth winner. Congratulations to him! He's a native of Barbados. Eight times he's won the Sovereign Award for leading rider up in Canada. Uh, he's just had some outstanding mounts, some great years. Did become a Canadian citizen in two thousand and was named recipient of the Villino Gomez Award in 2014. This just out, uh, John Court is going to miss the rest of the Churchill meet. Listen to this. He broke several ribs in a skiing accident, water skiing, on Tuesday. So here he is, one of the most dangerous professions in the world, and he ends up getting hurt while skiing. Well... We did say we had a great weekend of racing last week, and we sure did when it kicked off at Churchill Downs. The Matt win, the easiest win of them all. It was Gunrunner, third in the Kentucky Derby, wire to wire, won by five and a half in easy fashion with Laurent Jaru up. Second was Gray Sky, and third, Texas Chrome. Then we talked about the upset in the Fleur de Lis. Untappable could only finish fourth. You've Felt for she was just pulling Jerro to the front down the back stretch. Looked like she wanted to run so bad, and then about the sixteenth pole, just kind of gave it up. The winner was paid up subscriber at six to one, trained by Al Stahl. Second, my buddy Bernie Flint, Brooklyn's away. She's an amazing filly. Eighteen starts, five wins, three seconds, three thirds, and third was. Engaging Lee at 16 to 1. Then we had the Wise Dan, and the Wise Dan run on the weeds. It was a bit of an upset. Channing Hill, who's uh, closing in on a milestone win himself, uh, was fourth, third, second, and ended up being on top with the French bred Pluvian. Got the job done. Over Cosqui, an Argentinian bread. And in the third spot was Thatcher Street. We wondered about this when we were handicapping last week. The pizza man, as good as he is, closing in on $2 million. This just wasn't his distance. A mile and a sixteenth. The pizza man needs to go longer. He did rally from 10th to end up finishing 4th in that race. Uh, Then the the, uh, regret... My selection in here, wire-to-wire at 3-to-1 was Auntie Joy. Good old Brian Hernandez was in the saddle for Brendan Walsh. In the second spot was Noble Beauty. Not up by a neck over Try Your Luck. Well, that's a look at last week's racing and the national news. A lot of that national news, I have to admit, I get from going to the Pollock Report. So, in just a minute... We're going to have the originator, Ray Pollock, with us. You're listening to Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports.
0: sports you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host john Engelhart. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with John or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to show at winningponies.com. Now, back to Winning Ponies with John Englehart. All right, I introduced him at the top of the
2: show. Now I get to introduce him live and in person. Uh, Ray Pollock, who's published the Pollock Report since June of 2008, he's been editor-in-chief of the Blood Horse. He was the Racing Times Midwest editor. Uh, he's an award winner. Of course, he's got the prestigious Charles Engelhart Award up on his mantle. Sad to say, no relative of mine. But uh, w- w- with us right now, Ray Pollock. Happy anniversary, Ray. Eight years have gone by pretty fast, haven't they?
1: It sure has, John.
2: Uh, I think we started it eight years ago.
1: Last week or this week, I don't remember the exact date, but um, you know, Brad Cummings and I—who I don't know if you know Brad or not—he's moved on to another project. But uh, it was just him and I, and a, and a, a couple of Dixie cups and a string, and, and uh, <laughs> you know, we uh, we launched it looking like the Drudge Report, which was uh, mostly a bunch of headlines and links to other stories. And then as we built our staff up, we we create a lot of original
2: content now. Well, uh, you know, with your Dixie Cup line, I've got to guess that. Uh, when you conceptualized the Pollock report, uh, did you think you'd be around for almost a decade?
1: No, we were. We were.
2: We were thinking.
1: Um, you know, three months. <laughs> you know, let's give this a shot for three months. If it doesn't work out, we'll try something else. Uh, no, we never thought about. We never really. We never really thought about the next year or the next decade. Um, But, uh, you know, the timing was good or bad, depending on how you look at it. We launched in June of 2008, and in September of that year, you may recall, uh, the world had the biggest uh, financial crisis meltdown uh, since the Great Depression. And, you know, a lot of businesses in the horse industry got hurt, and, um, you know, it was tough to get advertisers for for a startup um, website and uh somehow we we got through it and and we've outlasted uh, a lot of other people who didn't
2: so yeah you you're you're talking to one of them because it they just devastated my my investments but uh what the heck there's always a greeter's opening at Walmart someplace, so I'll be okay um <laughs> you know uh my my question is uh I have many questions, but one of them is obviously with the with the growth of of the pollock report uh you, you've done a great job and and garnering sponsorship or you wouldn't be able to exist but uh I was just wondering you know you you're, you're kind of the quarterback as the publisher, but you've really put together a heck of a team i mean uh, Scott J. Gow, you guys have, have fun on air. Of course, uh, Natalie Voss, uh, your features editor, just, uh, I believe, uh, won an award a, a couple weeks ago. Uh, then you've got uh, Chelsea Hackbarth. I just love reading her most recent story, uh, Makes Good After Back Breaks. We'll talk about that later, about uh, uh, two jockeys going in different directions. And then you, you got you got Sarah Coleman, who, as I recall, I wrote a story about her a couple years ago. She was actually a riding instructor, uh, Frank Miller Mitchell, uh, who we know uh, has, knows his bloodlines inside and out, uh, the, the well-written uh, Jen Reutz. Uh, then you've got Denise Stenophanus, if I'm saying that right. I know that she's into uh, all uh, matters of, of animal care. Uh, then you've got uh, two people that I actually wed uh, as a minister, Matt and Wendy Woolley, and uh, the fun loving Eric Kelley, and of course your business manager. Who could forget Carol Pollock? How'd you put that team <laughs> together? I know they didn't all start at the same time.
1: No, I didn't. It, um, Brad, Brad and I, as I said, it was just a, it was a two person operation uh, in the beginning, and we didn't get a lot of sleep, and and um, um, you know we we carried it for at least a couple years that way. Natalie Voss was a was a college student at the University of Kentucky, and she contacted Brad and asked if we had uh, any opportunities for interns. And uh, you know, I, my eyes lit up, and I said, "Interns? That that's a great job. Uh, Bingo. You don't have to don't have to pay them, and and uh, they'll do they'll do anything you you ask them to." So Natalie yeah. was, was actually the first person working on the site, uh, aside from Brad and I. And you know, she just worked a short time, but then. After she finished school, she came on a full time. Scott was at Scott Jago was at the University of Louisville's business program, uh, equine business program, and that was after he had built up a very credible career in uh, the mainstream media out in Los Angeles. He was the host of uh, Marketplace, which you can hear on a lot of NPR stations, and before that, he worked uh, as a production editor for NBC News, producing videos for uh, NBC local affiliates. He had, he, he had a guy named David Gregory would, would hit the road when there were hurricanes or whatever, and they would show up in places and put together, put together news spots for local NBC affiliates. So Scott came to the public report with a tremendous amount of, of experience uh, in journalism, especially in, in, in video you know, video and multimedia, and um, and and Natalie has developed into a, just a really really good investigative reporter and a person that I rely on to understand a lot of difficult regulatory issues that we you know that we have that come up all the time. And you mentioned Chelsea, who's um, another person that came through the uh, Tim Cap School over there at the University of Louisville. Uh, <laughs> at uh, in the Equine Business Program and the thing that Chelsea brings is racetrack knowledge because she's worked uh, she's worked in the backstretch at uh, at several racetracks. She's a Louisville girl but has worked in Iowa and Louisiana and Kentucky and Indiana and so she you know she knows her way around the racetrack and a lot of the others you mentioned have have great uh, experience so you know I can't say that it was it was all planned but the pieces fit together really nicely that we we all, you know, if you consolidate everybody's unique um, experiences and knowledge, it's a, it's a pretty good team. And and one well, person that if we failed to mention is Mary, Mary Schweitzer, who's uh, a, uh, our news editor that I knew from my years at the Blood Horse, who's just, you know, just kind of a, one of those bulldog editors that, that has great knowledge of racing from coast to coast and around the world.
2: And, um, you know, she's a, she's an important part of the team. Well, my, my apologies to Mary. I was scrolling down on my computer so much and that one kind of jumped ahead of me, but, uh, oh, no, that's yeah, right. I, I mean, uh, but really, you know, it's kind of like you know the uh, the publisher, the general manager of a sports team. Uh, uh, you, you've done a great job drafting. That's all I can say because um, you know everybody seems to bring something slightly different, a strength uh, to, to the Pollock report, which only enhances that. And I know I'm running out of time here, but uh, uh, th- you've got a new look. Let's talk about the the, the new look that you've got. Uh, it's uh, very easy to navigate. Um, and it's kind of like somebody can go to the section that they're most interested in or 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 care about or need to know about uh, where you kind of highlight the biz or people or racing. And uh, I, I got to wonder, how many shifts do, do, does your staff work? Because everything's so update, and it's from coast to coast and over in England.
1: Yeah, we I mentioned to you that we, we started out with a drudge report look, which was just basically – You know, links to other stories, and then we had some original content. But we evolved from that to to um, a site that we really wanted to be easy to navigate. With with the key sections in the beginning were the biz, people, and and uh, racing and bloodstock. And then I had a a section called Raised Paddock where uh, a lot of our original material and my my stuff goes. And then a couple of years ago, we expanded it and we included we included a special section for horse care, which is where Denise Stephanus and and Jen Reutz and uh, um, uh, God, I'm (laughs) drunk, you mentioned her name, Sarah Coleman come in. And then a horse player section where we put all of our handicapping information and carryovers and all that. So we really wanted this site to be easy to navigate so that if you were looking for a specific thing, you could find it really easily. And we did a redesign, Um, you know, we started it last year and I think we finished in April. Something like that, and it's it's a much it's a much more um, it's a much more user friendly look and bigger photos. You know, I think it's I think it's a better looking site than it was before. So glad you noticed. And the one thing we did want to keep was just the easy navigation because there's nothing worse than going to a website and not being able to find something.
2: Right, right, yeah. And included that as I scroll down. In addition to the bloodstock, you've got horse players and horse care. And I have to say, uh, you've incorporated video very well, including uh, your Friday show.
1: Yeah, that's the thing that Scott likes doing, and, and,
2: and that's where he's really, really been strong for us. And not just the
1: Friday show, but we got a we got a regular feature uh, we call "You Be the Judge," where where Scott takes a, a controversial race where there was a where there's an objection or a stewards inquiry and he you know he takes all the angles and talks about what happened and sometimes we'll get a steward on the line or in in the most recent case an ex-steward in Vic Stauffer, and have him kind of explain it and those are fun videos and and then you know when we hit the road uh you know we like to we like to produce videos on on, on the scene and Scott has done some just really outstanding work in that in fact he won a Sovereign Award up in Canada for a series of our, of uh, videos he did on Woodbine uh, a few years ago, and uh, he got an Honorable Mention Eclipse Award for Multimedia uh, in recent years as well.
2: Well, I'm sure that uh, there's people out there... Um very familiar with their site, but there's probably people out there going, hey, this sounds like a pretty good deal. Uh, do I have to go look for it? Do I have to search it? Uh, explain to our listeners uh, how easy it is to get the Pollock Report delivered to their mailbox. Well, if you
1: can spell my last name, which is Pollock, P-A-U-L-I-C-K, and then report.com, you can go there and, and sign up for um, uh, morning headlines. We send, send out headlines seven days a week. Nine o'clock weekdays and ten o'clock uh, weekends Eastern Time, and we'll also send uh, a couple of feature stories throughout the week and any news alerts. If something really big happens, we'll send out a, an email on that. So you can sign up for that. It's all free. Uh, the website is free. There's no there's no paywall or subscriptions or any of that stuff. Um, so it's it's uh, it's all there. And you'd mentioned our growth. I was just stunned in the month of May. We had. Three hundred and forty-five thousand unique visitors to the website, which, which was a hundred thousand more than we had the previous year in the month of May. So it just was really? just astounding. Yeah,
2: yeah. Wow, it really it, is. It, well, uh, yeah. job well done to your entire staff. I got to tell you that.
1: But yeah, I'm really I do, proud of the work they do, and the, and the fact that that they've all stayed with you know they've all stayed with me. Uh, Brad, uh, you know who who. Uh, is is in charge of or created something called the Equilotry, and I don't know if you've talked to him about that. He's really the only one who's left. Everybody else has stayed, and, and uh, I'm really proud of the team that we put together.
2: Well, uh, we're talking with Ray Pollock of uh, thepollockreport.com. All I can say is if you're a fan of racing and you don't want to have to pay for a magazine subscription, thepollockreport.com is the place to go uh, because he's got it all. He's got a great staff, as we've just been talking about, uh, but good photographers, um, and a lot of updated things in uh, you know, both recapping what happened on the weekend and previewing what's going to come up the next week. And like he said, any late Breaking news uh, comes up too. And uh, once again, you know, uh, I want to congratulate that your writer on uh, Make Good After Bad Breaks. It's a great story that's up there right now. Ray, I was floored. I opened up Saturday's uh, advanced form uh, for Belterra Park, and Mm -hmm. we're all up in the press box going, wait a second, David Flores is going to ride here? And all of a sudden and we're all going, no, that's got to be a cousin or just somebody that's got the same name. And I go ahead and, and read the story on the Pollock Report and find out that he's working for Wesley Ward and that's who he's going to ride for on Saturday. Oh, that's
1: terrific. I, didn't, I, I knew that he, you know, he told Chelsea that he was up here in Kentucky working for Wesley and that he was going to ride for the Mounts. I was thinking, you know, Kentucky Downs later on. I didn't realize he's already he's already uh, booked in some mounts for Wesley. That's great.
2: Well, like I said, I'm going to have to correct all the boys in the press box that were naysayers and say, "How did you find out?" And I said, "Well, I went to thepollockreport.com. That's where you get all the inside stuff." <laughs> right. Thanks for taking the time, uh, spending with us tonight, and uh, you know, I wish you another hundred thousand by the time I talk to you next year.
1: That'll be tough to beat, but,
2: John, it's a pleasure. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it very much. Okay, that was Ray Pollock of the Pollock Report. We're going to take a little bit of a break here, and we come back. We got Rich Ruda, the main man from Thistledown. We're going to see what's happening up in North Randall, Ohio, and then we're going to take a couple looks at Thistledown and go out west coast maybe for some Santa Anita action. You're listening to Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and then
1: move oh, on. I just, and get I just ready think, and think that the coach made a mistake. All crazy. <laughs>
2: NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth.
1: We ain't playing around here.
2: Voice America Sports.
0: And they're off. What?
2: All right, and with me, a longtime friend and longtime handicapper, if you turn your television on and you look up at Thistledown on a Saturday or any day, you'll see Rich Ruda on camera there. He's been the house handicapper for about a decade, I'm going to guess, by now, and uh so... uh I've had the chance to uh, host Ohio Derbies with him, and uh, the Breeders' Cup of Ohio, the best of Ohio, it's always been a pleasure. Rich Ruda, how you doing, my friend?
1: John, how could I be better? You're talking to a kid that grew up less than eight furlongs from the queue where the Cavs play basketball, so... I'm telling you, Cleveland's rocking. Cleveland is flat out rocking. It is an amazing week for us here. It's been the ride is fantastic. I mean, I, I know we're supposed to talk ponies, but this is a once in a lifetime thing for me. Uh, you know, if it, it, the town took it so well, too, they did s- such a great job of a parade, and everybody, everybody's still talking about it. I have watched the game four times, Jack. So I watched the final game four times now that's nuts but that's what you do when you don't win a championship for 52 years
2: well i'm looking forward to it. i haven't seen my first replay yet but on sunday i got a email from my son saying dad we got beer and we got steak and we got the cabs game are you coming over and i'm like couldn't I have a better father's day gift in my life now i will tell you I've been a longtime fan of LeBron James. I actually took my kids to see him play when he was in high school. Uh, he was, you know, on you know one of the elite teams. at and, yeah, and St. Dayton Vincent, Dayton. St. Mary. Yeah, yeah, I'm
1: sorry, John. Akron, St. Vincent, St. Mary. Yeah, he terrific school.
2: Yeah, it was unbelievable. I still have the program from that, so uh will go up them. on eBay. Wow. No, 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 wow. I don't throw anything out. I got my program that, that's from amazing. Canada 830.
1: Because, yeah. You know, my high school coach, basketball coach, called me and told me he had just seen the greatest high school player, and he went, you know, he followed basketball his whole life naturally being a coach, and high school basketball especially, when he saw LeBron, he called me the next day and said, I have just seen the greatest high school player I've ever seen. And I went to see him after that, and you know what, I couldn't agree more, the kid was phenomenal.
2: He really was, and he was named best player of the tournament. And I remember they handed him the trophy, and he turned around, and he handed it off to this five foot nine point guard. He said, yeah, here, well, you're, you're the Right, one. there was his
1: buddy. Right. Yeah. Yeah, he's that way. He did a wonderful job, and I don't want to get away from the horses, but they had the parade in downtown Cleveland yesterday, and he was the last speaker for the Cavs. He did not talk about himself. He addressed 14 other guys, one by one, and thanked them for their contribution and what they did for the team and the role they played, and it was heartwarming, because you know what, he's got all the trophies, he's got all the accolades, for him to do that was more impressive than anything he did, it fantastic.
2: Now, my question is, how many people did you have sleep at your house, because they had 1.2 million people in downtown Cleveland?
1: <laughs> you know, you know what's funny? Uh, well, actually, you know what, I grew up there, and I sold that house about 10 years ago, and I'm still kicking myself for selling that house, because I could have got more for renting it for the Rep- Republican convention coming into town than I got for selling it, so I'm still kicking myself. But you know what, <laughs> if I if I did still have it, the parking I had, I, I would have made money on that, too, so it was it was great. It was a great way to grow up, because I was close to the Cleveland Indians when they were so close to downtown, and... Everything going on is great. It's been great. Like I said, it's, I don't live that close there anymore, but you know what? I'll always be an Indians, Browns, Cavaliers fan, but maybe maybe actually the Cavaliers the most because, you know, we started with some terrible teams, got close, and you know what? It finally happened. So it could happen to anybody. And down 3-1 in the finals, who would have thought? I gave, them up. I gave up on them. I said, ah, oh, man, how could you lose this at the fourth game at home? You know what? It didn't matter. It it made for a great show, and it was
2: great. Well, I I, I hope that the traffic is still filtering out, and a lot of people got (laughs) to go by North Randall, Ohio, uh, up there, and uh, decide to say, oh, what the heck? You know, we got a half a million dollar race here, the Ohio Derby. Uh, You know, we've got horses coming in from all over the place. Of course, uh, the Peter Pan Stakes, Mm -hmm. I think, has launched uh, seven Belmont Stakes winners, so instead there's uh, three of them that want to come up and try for the Ohio Derby. Also, you've got two Ohio breads in there, which I don't think an Ohio bread has won since the seventies when Brent Sprint won the race. Mm-hmm. And, you're uh, absolutely right. You, and, and, and you know that the, these, uh, Peter Pan guys are legit because Todd Pletcher's coming into town and he's bringing with him John Velasquez to ride up there.
1: Yeah. You know what, when you're talking Javier Castellano, you know, he's coming in, Aaron Grider's coming in, uh, you know, Jose Flores, a kid that I'm really caught my eye. I've been watching this kid down in uh, Maryland and Monmouth and places like that. Trevor McCarthy is—he's riding one of the horses in there. So you got stellar jockeys, you got great trainers. Uh, you know, it—it's just—it's a good race. You know, Nyquist was a nomination to the Ohio Derby, and at that time when he nominated, the track did everything they could to get Doug O'Neill there with Nyquist. Well didn't happen, and to be perfectly honest with you, it's a double-edged sword. If you get Nyquist, you don't have a field attempt. <laughs> you you got a five-horse field. Get, yeah. yeah, if you don't get Nyquist, you get a field like this that makes for a really good betting race, and like you said, the Peter Pan is a stepping stone for a lot, a lot of horses. I mean, you know, a lot of horses, and they do very well coming out of that, and we've got three of them. You know? And, I mean, we've got a, a very fresh horse coming out of there that that really caught my eye. So, you know what? It's a good race. We've got local, two local jockeys in it, which I'm very, very happy about. You know about uh, Jose Lopez. He was just in the green carpet riding in the wind, the Ohio bread. And then we got the other Ohio bread, Jeff Radosovich trains. Mo. don't know. Now, this is the son of Uncle Mo, And you know Ronnie Luch or Palucci, Ron Palucci, who goes at the yeah. racing stables. If there's a big race in the country, he's usually there. It's nice to have him in the Ohio Derby because... You know where he went to school and where he grew up? Akron, St. Vincent, St. Mary in really? Akron, Ohio. Now, what a week that would be for two kids <laughs> out of that school. One, win, one wins, boom, the NBA championship. The other one wins, his horse wins the Ohio <laughs> Derby. Would that be something? I mean, that is
2: really something. It really would. I've had Ron Paolucci on the show before. His philosophy is you can't hit a home run unless you get up to that. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and so he's not afraid yeah. to, to take on the, the big guys. But I'll tell you what, uh, m- my heart and probably my cash uh, is is going to be with, with the Tom Amos trainee, Mo Tom. I had him on the show uh, the week before the Louisiana Derby, and he was so psyched. I mean, obviously, you know, him and Corey Lannery uh, had some words after uh, you know the, uh, the the Risen Star. Uh, with the, all the trouble he got the horse in, and then he goes out there and does the same thing. And because I have a Louisiana Derby tie. I was going to mallet to Tom Amos if he won the race, I told him. <laughs> then he gets in the Kentucky Derby, sticks with Corey Lannery. He, he, here's his running last three races. The last four. Hit gate, bumped early, checked sharply, checked badly, steadied fan seven wide. Wow, that's not yeah. words you want on your horse's resume. And I don't know if uh, Corey's got a lot of good mounts at Churchill or Javier just became available, but for you to have the leading rider in North America, Javier Castellano, getting the call on Mo Tom, I'm putting a ring around him, Rich.
1: Yeah, you know what? And, and he's going to be the favorite. He's, he's deserved to be the favorite. He's, run, he's running some of the really big dances, including the Kentucky Derby. Tom Amos has been the thistle down with horses before for the Ohio Derby, he knows his stuff. In fact, um, he saddled horses for Ronnie Luch. Ronnie Pellucci, or Luch, whatever you want to call him. He and and Mr. Amos did business together for a long time, so that's kind of interesting. You know what? I I looked at Motom, and I looked at Motom, and I watched the, uh, you know, the Louisiana Derby was, oh, yeah, you're right. I mean, and Tom's the kind of guy, if he's going to, he's going to speak his piece, so... You know, Corey Lonnery got it big time when he got off the horse. But the other part of that, too, is Corey Lonnery is riding as well as anybody in the country right now. I mean, he is a he is a terrific, terrific rider who's, you know what, it happens. I mean, you're getting, you know, big, big, big fields, you know, 20-horse field in the Derby, 10, 11 horses. you got to come from behind horse. Sometimes that hole, these guys don't let that hole open up, but he did get that horse in a lot of trouble. You're talking about that horse. You know, I've been, I've watched, now this is really, I've I watched the Peter Pan. I watched the replay just to see if what I saw, I saw. And I watched Wild About Deb in there. And Trevor McCarthy made the trip to Belmont to ride that day. And I thought this horse ran terrific. And it's only his fourth lifetime start coming up in the Ohio Derby. But one of the things that really interested me, John, and would interest you, I know this, on April ninth in Santa Anita, in special weight race, wild about Deb, made his first start of two thousand and sixteen, ran a mile and an eighth and 149. The Santa Anita Derby was that day. A mile and an eighth. Exaggerator one and ran one forty nine and three. This horse ran wow. faster than exact ran faster than exaggerator on the same day. And I'm a big you know, everybody compares times. I compare times only when they're on the same day at the track. Because we know, we both know that wind and sun and rain and all kinds of things (laughs) affect the track condition. But when I saw this three-year-old run faster than an exaggerator that day, I kept my eye on him in the Peter Pan, and I thought, third start of his career, right? He's going to, you know, second start of the year. He ran well. I think he's going to move forward. And the big thing to me is who was the first shipper in today from out of town at Thistledown, wild about deb and i went over to see him and he looked terrific so he's going to have to run some and he's probably going to have to improve a little to beat <coughs> your horse motam but you know what it's inter- it's interesting it's it's interesting i like the horse i like i like the horse and the peter pan that's as good as it gets so you know adventus comes out of there for leah giamatti and the blinkers come off and I, I really would have liked to get to talk to her and ask, ask why, because um, I'm not a big fan of the moves. You know, I think we've talked enough about that, that, you know, uh, in in Pletcher's horse, decorated soldiers, same race, you know, ran, I thought kind of dull that day, chased a little, and Thistledown's track will be good for, we're going to get good weather over the weekend. It'll be actually hot. And that track's been playing very well for, anything right now if you get to the lead and you can slow it down you know what you can carry your speed so it's going to be a good race and and the local horses like you know we talked about moto no nice horse our leading rider walter de La cruz rides that look on your face for david cody and david cody does a good job training horses this one's coming out of canada we'll see what happens with him bon dom for one of the guys you know you know, from uh, Belterra and Albert River Downs, Bobby Gorham. Bobby Gorham's and a terrific trainer. And Bobby, absolutely, I somehow, love TD Houghton too. Yeah, and TD Houghton. So you got, you know what, Discreet Lover Parks is as tough racing as anywhere in the country right now, and this horse is coming with Parks getting reunited with his favorite rider, Mister Tom. You got, you know, Mo Tom. You got Javier Castellano, Riding the Wind. I know you saw him. You know, Jose Lopez and Juan Enrique. At Belterra, um, Ohio bred, you got to take a shot. You got a three year old and it's in Ohio and he can run. Take your shot, and that's what they're doing, and I don't blame them. But it looks to me like a very, very good race. And probably we're talking about the two horses that are going to go one, two in the betting. You know what? I Like I said, if Motom wins, my hat's off to Tom Avis. If uh, Wild About Deb wins, my wallet's open. I'm doing good, so it's going to be fun.
2: Well, let me just co-sign your wild about Deb uh, in comparing uh, him to Mo Tom, as inexperienced as he is. If you're a numbers guy, every time he's run, and like you said, he's run a mile and an eighth twice, his buyer number has improved. And for a young three-year-old with only three starts under his belt to be into the nineties with his second start says quite a bit about his ability to have speed. So uh, you, you make a good point there, uh, Rich Ruda, and I'm looking forward to, to watching the race. It's going to be the eighth at Thistledown now. Um, let's just, uh, since we're you know kind of uh, very familiar with the uh, Buckeye program, just take a quick peek at the J. William Petro Memorial Handicap. I swear, you got more races named after dead guys in Ohio than any state in the country. And uh,
1: I don't uh, want a race for me, John, in Ohio. I really don't. Not that I deserve one, but I never want to have
2: one. Yeah, because you know that word "memorial" is going to be after it. But uh, what's interesting is, is, is in this race, the one, two, three finishers from last year are back in there, and finishing second in that race was Need More Flattery. If people uh, are interested in getting into state-bred programs, Ohio's doing pretty good right now. Uh, this mare who just turned five has won $696,000. I believe she's at least a two-time horse of the year, and mm-hmm. coming out of a solid optional claimer. It's interesting, though, that most of these horses are coming out of the Angenora That's only a six furlong race. You've got the top three finishers coming out of the same race, but it's a six furlong dash, and and some of them have no distance ability and have never run at at a mile and an eighth before, and then you've got last year's winner of the Petro, uh, Bold Kate, Uh, so you know she can go the distance. She's only, only raced a mile and a 16th twice and won both times.
1: Yeah. You know what, it's, it is it is absolutely her day to turn the table on just a little smoke, who just a little smoke, the Anginora, and, and beat her handily and did it impressively, and Bull Kate, and John, I'm sure you watched the race, you know, Bull Kate came up really, really empty, but Bull Kate had that thing on her that, my myself, from betting the horses and reading the form and all the things we do, that... Second time off the layoff after you run big, the first time out, first time out in almost a year for Bolcate was May 14th at Thistledown. This one ran a hole in the wind and went by five lengths. That word calls the bounce, and we're not talking about basketball now. But Kate <laughs> might have might have just bounced, the neck you know what? I mean, just my, she was dull. She was flat out dull. And I watched the race before, and I thought this might be the best Philly right now in Ohio. Well, you know what? I think she's gonna come back and show us what she's made of. She's worked at Keeneland very well since. She's getting a distance. She, you know, she's proven at. Uh, she she's got to turn the tables on just a little smoke. Just a little smoke's top. Now need more flattery. You know, you mentioned her and she has been super as an Ohio bred earning money. I watched her last race, and she beat. Was all out to be the four thousand dollar claimer, and they're called Coraline. Coraline's trained and owned by Betty Ott. Betty Ott's done a terrific, terrific job with Coraline. But it Need More Flattery was was up against it to catch her that day. She did. Class came out and she caught her. I didn't know if Tim was using Tim Ham, the trainer, was using that race as a stepping stone, and a, you know for this race, which I think he was, but I don't think he wanted to go into Need More Flattery so much that race so we're going to find out we're going to find out need more flattery can't take it away from her like you said two-time ohio champion horse she's won over half a million dollars she's done well good race it's another good good race and you you know the ohio breeding program john like you said you looked at some of these horses now i can't wait for the babies to start coming around because with the purses in ohio we're going to see a lot of horses that are half. hopefully a lot of horses that in their short career, win a half a million dollars.
2: Yeah, and I'll tell you what, we've had a couple baby races in Cincinnati, and one of them was a half to Rivers Run Deep. Uh, that was uh, a first-timer that absolutely blew him out of the water. So uh, that'll be one uh, to, to put, put on your list. So it'll be interesting. Need more flattery? She could be Ohio's untappable, which makes her... Mm-hmm vulnerable. She's a five-year-old mare now. We've asked a lot of her with 30 lifetime starts, 17 victories. It will be interesting, so it might be a race the William Petro Memorial Handicap, just prior to the Ohio Derby for people to maybe shop around for a price. Well, we've only got about five minutes left here, Rich, so let's make sure that we get the uh, Gold Cup in because this, at Santa Anita, there's a half a million dollars. There's a Grade One, and you just hit me with some late breaking news about the horse I was going to pick in the Gold Cup at Santa Anita.
1: Yeah, they interviewed Baffert, and uh, he said he wished opportunity thinks Opportunity needs a couple more works. Now, you know the horse works really well June 18th at Santa Anita, but you know Bobby wants things his way. That's the way he trains horses, and Opportunity he's leaning on, according to. What I just read on the Daily Racing Form maybe an hour ago to scratching. If he does scratch, still it's still a nice race. It's still a nice one. You know, it's still they're giving half of, half a million dollars away like the Ohio Derby, so it's still a nice it's still a nice race. And I think it's wide wide open. Who do you like? In a, if Opportunity doesn't
2: run, John, who would be your second choice? Uh, well, there's three horses coming out of the Grade Two Californian, and but. The two horses I thought were going to be the biggest challenge were Opportunity, and we'll stop talking about him for now, and I got to think off a rest that Melatonin and Joe Talamo, this horse has really kind of uh, blossomed uh, uh, recently, and uh, now it's had the layoff. It's coming out of the Oaklawn Handicap, where it was only beat by F and X, who didn't run that well last week in the Stephen Foster, but I'm not mm-hmm. going to hold that against him since this horse hasn't been out since April 16th. So uh, I've got to say for a you know, lightly raced horse, has only made a, a 12 lifetime starts. Joe Talamo fits him like a glove. Um, I think if he can control the pace, which he has in the past, that uh, he's going to be the one to catch, Rich. Well, how about you?
1: Yeah. Well, he's, you know what? Uh, the, the thing I look at, too, is three races at Santa Anita, and this horse has won three times. I mean, three races, three times, that's 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 impressive. He, You know he likes the track. And you know what? They haven't burned him up, burned him up in the mornings working him out. He's worked well. He had a work June 22nd. That, that looks like a maintenance work, and it looks like the, the works before that will have this one on his toes. And I think he's the speed of the race. I think he's going to the front, and uh, Talamo knows the horse. The horse runs well over the racetrack. You know what? I agree. Uh, you know, it, there's some horses in here that to me and I went over a race when you called me and said we were gonna do this, I said, Man, there's some horses in the race I just don't see. But that's one I do see and I and I agree with you a hundred a hundred, a hundred percent. Imperative looks awful good in there. They're putting the blinkers back on and I don't know why. The horses were in six six races in a row, good races, solid efforts. They they put the blinkers on. Uh you know, they do stuff with these horses to, to you know, maybe think it's going to be the cure or the turnaround and i don't see it working as often as it don't work so that's another one that's hard aces hard aces is a very 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 nice horse hard aces needs pace in front of him and Talamo's sitting on the horse with the pace that's the one we were talking about hard aces won this race in 2015 where's his jockey he gets a new jockey today you know i it, you know it kid that never rode him before from what i could find so it's a good race. It's interesting. It's a, and if opportunity doesn't go, it really opens it up. So it's a good race. You've got the race before that is the triple bend to that. It's a good weekend to race, in, not only in Ohio, but I'm glad to see Santa Anita has a couple of nice races too.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I'm, I'm glad to see more than six horses entered in a graded stakes race. Uh, that, that, that's that been killing me for years. But, yeah, the, the, the horse that I would put with them probably would be hard aces. You know, you, you look at this field, and quite frankly, very few have gone a mile and a quarter and both hard aces and melatonin have won grade one races at a mile and a quarter. It will be interesting. I see melatonin going to the front. I see hard aces, the horse given his biggest challenge at the 16th pole. And I think this is going to be a fun race to watch with or without opportunity.
1: Yeah. Well, you know what I, maybe i you know, I read what I read. Dafford was leaning the other way and, uh, he has a way of changing his mind, and, and he's welcome to do that if he does. If he does run the horse, it's good for the race, but it's going to be fun. It, the whole weekend is going to be fun. We, uh, everyone at Jack Thistledown Racino is up now. I mean, it's been, in, at, as you know, Jack has become part of Dan Gilbert's organization, our, our Racino now. So Dan's on a high with the Cavs. He's got the Ohio Derby coming up this weekend at Thistledown. Half a million dollars being given away, 10 horses going a good weekend it's going to be good weather all i want want to say john is all it's it's only a three hour ride from river down Galterra, whatever we're wherever we're going to say to thistle down and it's saturday it's a good day to take a ride the weather's going to be good look out for the cops on 71 but other than that it's a great place the great place to spend a saturday hope to see everybody up here
2: All right, well, i got to do a handicapping seminar in the morning, but I can still make uh, post-time for the Ohio Derby, so you may or may not see me. Rich Ruda from Jack at Thistledown, thanks so much for joining us. It's always great to hear your voice, my friend. Thank you, John,
1: for the time, and tell Big Ed I said hi.
2: I will do that also want to thank uh, our friend Ray Pollock for spending time with us and You need to spend some time on his website he 's revamped it, and it looks great and as we spoke earlier in the show he 's put together a great team of writers well that'll shut it out for us for today hope you get a slew of winners if you want them go to WinningPonies.com and pull down your easy win forms so for everybody involved here at winning ponies i'm john engelhardt as i look out over the manicured turf course across the ohio river to the hills of kentucky i want to remind everybody bet with your head not
0: over it